welcome back to the Pushing Buttons podcast, a subsidiary of the Geek Freaks podcast station. This is your host, Kyle. And I'm your other host, Kevin. How's it going, Kevin? Oh, it's not going too bad. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Uh, it feels, like I said last episode, really good to be back in the recording seat. I forgot how much I enjoyed doing this. It's, <laughs> I was just talking to Frank about this, like literally five minutes ago, saying that the last couple of recordings that I've had have been two of my all time favorite. Uh, one of them was the shore leaf episode of Star Trek uh, for Trek freaks. That was my favorite Trek freak so far. And then this, the last episode of pushing buttons was definitely one of my favorite pushing buttons in a long time. So two of my favorite recordings. It's great to have bit. you back. Thank you. It's good to be back. And of course, always a pleasure to talk with you about our favorite topic, <laughs> video games. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, some brief history. So, to those of you who don't know, we started off in 2018 as Pushing Buttons along with uh, our third heel. Is that the correct term? I'm going off of the wrestling episode. Oh, uh, a, a heel's a bad guy. So, if you want to call him oh, that, that's fine. I, I guess Robert's a bad guy okay. now because he's not on the show anymore. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's currently being rewritten as a new character. Oh. <laughs> he's going to come back no. as uh, they're going to rename him, give him a new entrance theme and everything. Don't get me talking there about wrestling is. again. <laughs> there it is. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. But uh, Robert, he was originally a part of this crew, but sadly not a regular anymore. But uh, one of our favorite things was to talk about our favorite game of the year. In 2018, we named God of War out of all three of our top five lists as the top game of the year and you know we had a bit of a downturn there with a couple of years not being on air not recording but kevin and i thought it'd be a great idea to go back to 2019 as well as 2020 and just kind of reminisce about our favorite games of that particular year of those particular years and uh the first up is 2019 so instead of doing the regular format where for 2018 yeah, for those of you that didn't listen to it back then, you should go back and listen to it. It's still a good listen, even today. Fantastic listen. Um, yes. We we tallied up everything and had one game of the year. This this year, or I guess for 2019 and 2020, there's only two of us. We're not going to have one single game of the year unless we come to a definite conclusion on that. But we're doing a, a straight up Geek Freak style top five for both 2019 and 2020. And I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to go back to those years. Especially when, you know, now that we're not in the, that current year, I think having time away from it will help us come to a more like a better conclusion. It's going to be easier to look back and like feel what our best game of the year was or rather than because a lot of games come out at the end of the year. And particularly with 2019, um, I've got a couple of games that came out at the end of the year that I would have been like, oh, this is my game of the year because I had just played it. But, you know, it's been two years now and we'll see where it lands. Yeah, we'll try and make it work. We'll slot it as best we can, you know, given the circumstances of the time before COVID happened. <laughs> so before we start, Kyle, I want to ask you, do you want to try to take a consensus between the two of us to vote one of them as pushing buttons game of the year for each of these years? Because I think it would be fun to try that. We can make an argument and, depend and decide between our yeah between our number ones, which one would be the top game of the year just so we have a definitive winner for game of the year for pushing buttons do you want to try that we can try that okay. yes and i'm still waiting oh i just got a text from robert uh -oh. 
He's got three for 2019. Okay. But we can go over those as well. So when we get to our top three, we'll include Robert's first and then go through ours. And we'll go from there. I think I know which one's number one. You didn't tell me which one's which. But we'll try. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, 2019, that was quite a year. A lot of games. Yes. I was going through the overall list. And my God, my backlog grew immensely from this year. Like, uh, I missed out on a lot in 2019. I'm really ashamed of it because there's a lot of great games I didn't get around to. Which is weird because 2020, you probably had a lot of time to play those games because there weren't a ton of games that came out (laughs) in the hell year that was 2020. I know, but working full time and in our profession, it was really difficult to find that free time. And what free time we did have, we spent it on other games. But, uh, wow, I missed out on a lot. How about you? Uh, I, I, mean, I missed out on some, but I also have played a couple of others. Um, I don't want to talk about any of them specifically. I doubt that the ones that I played are on your list at all. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there are a couple that I have gone back and played now, but they're probably still not on my list. We'll probably put those up as honorable mentions then, because yeah. I know there's games on here that if I had played them, they probably would be on my list. I just never got around to them for one reason or another. I have one honorable mention for each year of a game that I did not play. I've got three total honorable mentions for both years, but one of them in each list is a game that I had not played that I want to play and just haven't found the time yet. I am ready when you are. All right. Do you want me to start off with my number five? Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Alright, my number five from 2019 was Crackdown 3. That's a game Crackdown that, 3. that might surprise huh. some people. That I was gonna say, isn't that like wasn't that reviewed not too well or uh no, yeah, it didn't get very good reviews because it was in oh it okay. kind of had the Duke Nukem Forever treatment where it was in development hell forever. Um it came out I freaking loved it. It was just like the first crackdown. It was so much fun. I it was free. It's free if you have a subscription to Xbox Game Pass. I played it on PC. You could play it on PC because it's on PC on Game Pass. Didn't cost me a single dime. And it was one of my favorite games that I played in the last few years. Um, Mm. Man, Crackdown just it's such a fun game when you have like very little free time and want to go in and just feel like a badass and shoot shit up. Like you got superpowers. <laughs> um, it's it's kind of over the top like Saints Row, but it's definitely more over the top. You, you can run faster. You can jump higher. Uh, shit, dude. It's so much fun. The 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 shooting is so like snappy because it got such like it, a heavy lock on or an auto aim feature that it just everything feels so fast and fluid. And if you're a longtime listener to Pushing Buttons or Geek Freaks, you'll know that I'm a very big fan of fluid gameplay it's what i loved about Mm. new world um it's what i loved about god of war from 2018 and spider-man from 2018 as well um yeah just very fast very fun very fluid game number five crackdown three and you played a lot of the crackdown series like you played one and two as well uh so was this like an anticipated sequel for you uh no uh crackdown 2 sucks because it was in development hell for so long i think that's why it died down well cr- possibly crackdown 2 killed my anticipation for any future crackdown game because crackdown 2 sucks it was such a bad game um mm. cra- this is more of crackdown 1 so if you like crackdown 1 you'll like 3 a lot 
Oh, good. Okay. Great. Uh, number five for me. I mean, it's kind of a toss up, but it was really close. I want to give number five to a Plague Tale Innocence. I just bought that on a whim. I've, you know, you can't help but see the Steam picture where it says masterpiece or extraordinary or <laughs> right. 9.5 or, you know, 10 out of 10, five stars. And I was like, you know, this looks kind of cool. I like the theme of it, the gothic look, as well as the whole idea of, you know, the whole premise, which is you just trying to figure out how to get away from rats. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what I enjoyed most about it is just the overall story. Like it centers on the main protagonist's name. I can't recall now. That's how bad my memory is. <laughs> Some top five <laughs> well, for you, top right? Five. Well, it, like I said, this is back in 2019. Yeah. If it was, if we recorded then, I would remember. But uh, no, it was a great game. I loved the gameplay behind it. It was just a lot of fun, especially with her combat abilities because she uses like a slingshot or a, I think it's called like a bola or something. Okay. Yeah, a bola. It's like a, like she's, you, you, yeah, she swings it and throws like rocks. A, yeah, okay. A rocking like a yeah, throwing yeah. slingy pouch thing. Right. And you can upgrade that with up, uh, upgradable items you find throughout you know, each level. But the story was just really well grounded. Like it was based off of her brother as well as other characters you meet, like other kids. And you kind of come together and you try and survive this whole plague. And the rats in particular are super deadly. Like you walk over into them, you're dead. Like that's it. But there's like a little puzzle solving with the environments. And I think overall, it's just a really well-balanced game throughout. Like it was just really good narrative, really good character development, great gameplay, and just really good atmosphere too. Like I really felt like I was inside of a 16th century plague. <laughs> just a really great game all around. Nice. All right. You ready for my number four? I am. Kevin's number four. <laughs> All right. Number four. Crypt of the Necker Dancer presents Cadence of Hyrule. Man. I forgot about that one. God. Yes. Okay. So for a game that took me like three hours to beat and to be number four of my top games of the year that year. Such a fantastic game. I did not know how much I wanted more Crypt of the Necker Dancer. For those unfamiliar with Necker Dancer, it's a turn-based, not turn-based, it's essentially a turn-based game, but it's a rhythm-based uh, roguelike where you're going through dungeons and you can only move or attack to the, the beat of the song that's playing, and you have until the end of that song to beat the level, or you mm. just get dropped to the next floor, and then whatever bosses you haven't killed get dropped to the next floor with you. Uh, Cadence of Hyrule is obviously takes the main character Cadence and puts her in Hyrule, so... It's a Nintendo Switch exclusive. You uh, rescue Link. You rescue Zelda. Um, you go through a, a miniature Hyrule map. And it, it's a Zelda game that's, you know, rhythm-based and is the perfect blend of Necrodancer and Zelda. I'm not a huge Zelda fan, but I was a huge Necrodancer fan. And it's just, mm -hmm. it's so fun to play the... Their iteration on the Zelda music is so, so good. Um, each of the bosses that you kill drop an instrument. It's, it's very music oriented. Everything about it is like themed in music. Same with all the, the characters from the original Crypt of the Necrodancer. They're all named like 
cadence and aria. It's they're all it, everything's music based and having that in the Zelda world, it doesn't seem like it should work, but it worked phenomenally. And it's still one of my favorite games to watch during like uh, AGDQ. They do really fun speed runs of it. Um, maybe they didn't do it this past. I don't. I don't know. I, I watch a lot of speed runs of Necrodancer, and watching Cadence of Hyrule speed runs are even more fun to watch. <laughs> it's just a weird blend that I didn't think would work, and it worked perfectly, and I loved it. Nice. Uh, I played a little bit of Necrodancer, but not Cadence, and it always looked like a really good time. It's very fun, and it's more of like a roguelike. So everything's kind of different, right? Each run through. Uh, in Cadence of Hyrule, it's less roguelike e. Um, oh, I see. The map okay. does reorient, but you have the same things on the map. Like they're just in different places. So there's always gotcha. the same zones that have the same bosses in them. But where those bosses are in the overall the 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 map are different. Okay. It, nice. It, Very good. You can play as the different characters as well, and they each have different abilities. So. There's a lot of replay value to it. What's, who's your favorite character in the using Cadence? Um, shit. Probably Zelda. Uh, <laughs> I think she was... Uh, man, I don't remember. It's been like two years now since I played it. But th they all had different abilities, and I've remembered liking Zelda's the most. I think she, she might have been the overpowered one. <laughs> it was probably why. But I, see. I also okay. like playing as the female characters in most video games anyway. Nice. Uh, any more to add on that? Uh, the soundtrack is awesome. You should listen to it. <laughs> All right. I'll have to get that one into my backlog then. If you like Zelda it. music, I really think you'd like the, the Cadence of Hyrule soundtrack. I think I do have it. I just never try it out. So maybe I'll give it a go. Nice. Very good. Uh, can you do the pleasure of announcing my number four? <clears throat> Kyle's number four. All right. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers is my number four. I thought that would have been higher up on your list. There's a good reason why. It's because Shadowbringers had a great, like, overall good narrative, but it didn't keep me playing over time. Gotcha. And that's why it's number four. However, I love the game. It has the best story ever in the expansions for final fantasy i mean heaven's ward's really close but shadowbringers just was another level of storytelling like the character development the boss fights the trials man it was su such a good leveling experience like man i for any mmo this is it like this is the top story to beat and the music throughout was incredible and unfortunately with time you know with you know other things like you eventually lose interest in an MMO. I played it thoroughly for about a month before I stopped, but that's because I didn't have the main story to keep going. I had reached endgame, basically. And, you know, it's good and bad, the endgame, but for Shadowbringers, like, just getting there was such a journey. Like, I think out of any MMO, that would be the best leveling experience I've ever had. Did Shadowbringers add anything new to Final Fantasy XIV? Quite a lot. Yeah, it brought in a couple of new classes. It brought in the Dancer class as well as the Gunbreaker class. I tried Gunbreaker for a bit, but that's more considered a tank class. So it wasn't really my style. But, uh, you know, I just liked the variety in the environments, like going to the Crystarium, which is the main hub of Shadowbringers. Such a gorgeous city. It's a shame it's not really populated. 
because people like to go back to the original three areas and hang out there instead. But man, the Crystarium was such an amazing, amazing place. Like I loved everything about the story there. And of course, with uh, the characters as well. Like I don't want to get too involved because I went through this on my level up with Frank when we did Final Fantasy 14. But overall, just a great package. I enjoyed my ride. Ride that package. <laughs> there it is. All right. <laughs> Um, want to go on to Robert's number three? Um, or what you think his number three was from the three that he texted? Well, he told me his top three, but he didn't put numbers beside them. I asked, what's the ranking? He said that order. So I know if it means three, two, one or one, two, three. So I'm going to guess this is number three, even though I don't think it is. No, I don't know. You know what? I'm just going to say it. I think his number three is Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Okay, that makes sense. I don't think that would be his game of the year. I don't think so either. Considering what number two is. Um, yeah. I haven't played it. I don't know anything about it. Maybe you know more. Um, I heard very bad things. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I know Ghost Recon Wildlands was widely seen as a much better game than Breakpoint was. And Wildlands came out before Breakpoint. Um, it did. Frank has talked about Breakpoint a lot, and I'm pretty sure he didn't like it either, but he really liked Wildlands. I see. This is going well, including Robert's <laughs> stuff in here without him to talk about it. I, I know. I know. Oh, with Wildlands and then Breakpoint, they kind of went to an open world game, which is very strange for a Ghost Recon game, which is typically about, you know, taking smaller Warzone areas and you know, America-ing your way through them. This is more about like Far Cry style open world takeover points. Uh, I remember this one had the guy from The Punisher as the main antagonist. Um, the guy that played What's his name? Uh, yeah, the guy that played The Punisher in the the Netflix. I know series. he played Shane in Walking Dead. That's all I know, but I can never remember his name. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm glad that he enjoyed it. I wish it was a game that I could have enjoyed because I love open world uh, games when they're stupid, like uh, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. Damn it. We went so long. I actually went a whole episode with by myself without ever mentioning Ubisoft, and we didn't mention Ubisoft at all last episode. We did it. Damn we did it, it boys. Fucking Robert <laughs> had to bring in Ubisoft. <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. Sounds like a very solid number three from him. That's it's a very Robert style game for sure. It is knowing Robert. Yes. Are you ready for my Kevin's <laughs> number three game of 2019 is <laughs> so number four was a switch exclusive. Number three is a Nintendo switch exclusive. Number three for me, Super Mario Maker 2. Super Very Mario good. Maker 2. I tried to do the voice, but I couldn't. Um, <laughs> it was just like Cadence of Hyrule. It took a game franchise and spinned it on its head, did something unique with it. I know it's Super Mario Maker 2, so there was obviously a first one. Um, I never played the first one, so this is my first experience playing a Super Mario Maker game. And the creativity from the community is just so insanely out there. It, it's t 
to the point where you watch people play um, on Twitch. There's people still playing it to this day, and there's like different ways of uh, communicating from the the level designers, the people that make the maps, ways of communicating intention or what they want the player to do by using different symbols or different objects in the world map and designing them in ways like uh, you can make a Z. It's like, oh, you're supposed to Z jump here, which is the the, the spin jump from Super Mario World or uh, yeah, Super Mario World. Yeah, the SNES one. Um, it took every era of Super Mario, which I didn't play a lot of the, the newer 2D Super Mario stuff. I'm big fan of Super Mario 3 and Super Mario World. Uh, it's just very fun to be able to try to test my own creativity within Mario and experience other people's creativity within Mario. And I, I, I got to say, I'm not very creative, so it didn't work out very well for me to create levels. But playing other people's <laughs> levels was very fun. And I met a lot of cool people on Twitch when I was streaming the game. So it was fun. Very good. Like you mentioned uh, for Cadence, like you watched speedruns on AGDQ and SGDQ. And that is for me, Super Mario Maker 2. That's where the fun comes from. Yeah, it's a never ending game because there are millions of people that play it and there are, you can have an endless, a literal, a literally endless number of levels to play. There's always new ones being uploaded every day. Very good. Yeah, I think uh, I never got around to it, but I think if I had some time with it, I would enjoy it for what it is. Um, uh, let's see. My number three. Kyle's number three. Four. All 20, right. Nineteen. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, small indie game. One that you enjoyed watching me play. Actually, it's Untitled Goose Game. Oh yeah, I was hoping this is going to be on your list. Yes. Uh. Wow. What a what a game. Came out of nowhere. Just took me by storm. You play as a goose. I mean. People listening probably know what it is, but I'm just going to get into it anyway. Yeah. Your main role in the game is to be an asshole to this unsuspecting <laughs> village. And as a goose, it's like a perfect fit because gooses are naturally assholes. So you terrorize this little village and you mainly manipulate them to do what you want. So you kind of mind fuck them too. It's, it's freaking great. There's so much cerebral gameplay going on. Like, I love it. Basically, you have to get them to open doors for you or you know you have like a to-do list that you have to check off and that involves usually manipulating the ai to kind of like for example you mentioned kevin like hitman games something similar to that i'm glad you brought that up because i it, it's the only comparison that i can think of to make because it is a puzzle game and it's about trying to figure out how to use the environment to your advantage and that's very much hitman especially the the latest uh trilogy of hitman games it's very much in that vein, but more comedic than Hitman is. <laughs> more comedy oriented, for sure. Yeah, I just, I had a real good time with it. I streamed it for Kevin and Robert back, uh, back then. And I just love everything about it. I love the art style, how simplistic it is, because it really conveys like the quaintness of the village and the characters. And the music, as you play the goose, it's all auto-generated as you play the game which i think adds an element to it because as you're screwing around with these people the music will you know jingle like mr rogers neighborhood in a certain way and just adds a comedic element to it yeah like i just it was such a great time like i i loved my stream that was so fun um that playthrough is still on my twitch channel if you're curious uh twitch.tv slash monumentous kyle really good time i highly recommend it 
It was great game. A very fun watch. And yeah, it's very good to have on on your top five. I'm so glad you had it. Out there. I was going to be disappointed if you didn't. Yeah. I only didn't because I didn't <laughs> play it, but it would have been an honorable mention uh, regardless of the if Kyle didn't have it, I would have had it as an honorable mention. So. All right. Give us Robert's numero dos. Okay, well, this one I'm not confused by. <laughs> Star Wars one. Jedi Fallen Order. Gotcha. And I have yet to play this game. I'm sure if I did, it'd be my top five. It would be. But, Kevin, go ahead. Um, uh, I'm just going to say... It's your number one, isn't I'm it? I'm going to talk about it later. So Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I will talk about that later. Okay. Um, I will go on to my number two, though. My number two is The Outer Worlds. That was the successor to Fallout that I needed in my life. Fallout hasn't been good since Fallout New Vegas, in my opinion. Four was bad. 76 is awful. Um, I agree entirely. 100%. Yep. Uh, Obsidian knocked it out of the GD park on this one. Like it was everything that you expect from a fallout game it's got the humor it's got the writing it's got the world building it's got the characters it's got the first person shooting action that you've come to expect from fallout since the since fallout 3 just such a good game and man i i never finished it i hmm. i never finished it i'm just now realizing this i never finished it <laughs> I, I mean, I know Frank's probably talked about it a lot because I've heard him talk about this game a lot. It's probably one of his top games of. I would say well. number one, like given his reaction to the announcement of Outer Worlds two. Oh yeah, <laughs> there is a clip on his Twitch uh, on the Geek Freaks Twitch channel. Oh shit! I wish I could have Frank look, look it in up. the description down below. I wish I could have Frank look it up and put it in the description below, but I don't know if he'd do that or not. He should. But yeah, such a good game. Outer Worlds 2 is coming out probably next year, maybe the year after. I'm not sure. Uh, damn good. Fun game. Yeah, I missed out on it, but I do see it on sale on Steam as of this moment. So maybe I'll grab that it's and check it, it out. It's not open world in the same way that Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas are. It's got open zones, but the zones are a lot smaller. It's like Knights of the Old Republic. Like hubs pub worlds or something like Kinda, that yeah they're very small areas but there's you can go between them at any point it's i would liken it to knights of the old republic okay no you're sold me on that that sounds like a good time i just wish i had time for it back then but i guess i was busy with getting promoted or something <laughs> yeah because i i quit my job and you got my you got my old job is that it i did yeah <laughs> i think that came out around that time i think so too yeah <laughs> But uh, very good. Outer Worlds number two. Very good. Got to get around to that one. Um, my number two, no surprise here. It's going to be Resident Evil Remake 2. Or Resident Evil 2 Remake. Uh, what can I say about this? Wow, it was everything I wanted it to be. I felt like it was really hard to remake this game in the vein of the first Resident Evil Remake. Because... What Resident Evil 1 Remake, the original one, did so well was retain that atmosphere, that horror. But I feel like for 2, it was more action-focused. So it was kind of like a divide in the community. Like, can this really work? Like, what way should we go with? 
And I'm really glad they went this way. It just made it so much more, uh, I guess, seamless, like with the path of progression with the characters and the story and as well as Mr. X, like him busting in and following you. It was much more menacing and intimidating when it happened to you in that third person over the shoulder style camera point. But man, they just did a great job remaking this game. I think this out of any remake was a pure passion project and it wasn't a simple remaster like you see a lot nowadays but you could tell a lot of time and attention to detail was there when making this and I think Capcom just knocked it out of the park like it was just a great time hands down nice I wish I knew a question or two to ask you about it but I've never played a Resident Evil game ever so of course, it's okay. I understand. <laughs> is the game good? Yes, obviously it is because you have it as your number two from that. Year, I mean, so. a lot of people would probably still put the original over the remake, but for me, I, I think the remake's better by far. Is this in your top three all-time Resident Evil games? Oh man, that's a good question. Man, that is really good. Of course, the Resident <laughs> Evil One remake is number one. That's like. You can't beat that game. It's so good. I would say yes. I kind of have a hard time between Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil Remake 2. Those would be my second in the top three, though. Gotcha. And then whichever one doesn't get second would be third. Nice. But yeah, great game all around. Highly recommend it if you're a Resident Evil fan. If you haven't played it, I don't know what the hell you're doing. (laughs) You should have played it by now. I was too busy but, playing the Outer Worlds, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, number two, very good game. Nice. All right, let's have Robert's Game of the Year for 2019. All right, I hope I read this list correctly, because I don't think Ghost Recon would be number one. It might be, uh, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, Days Gone would be Robert's number one. Now I'm thinking about it. I think he meant it in the reverse order. <laughs> I, really? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I he and I talked about it like a month or two ago when I first came up with the idea of doing game of the year for 2019, 2020. And I think he was debating having uh, Ghost Recon as his game of the year. But I don't remember because it was like six weeks ago when we talked about it. I thought Days Gone made more sense because I remember him playing that and really enjoying it at the time. Yeah. I mean, either way, they're very similar in style and uh, critical uh, critical reception as well. (laughs) They didn't get very good uh, reception from the critics back then. Yeah, you had just left, so I didn't get around to playing this game at the time. But uh, from what I saw, it looked like a good time. Like, I still want to play it eventually because it's based out of, you know, Oregon. Like they use Oregon as inspiration. That's where we live. And I always wanted to check that out just to see how it's represented in a video game. But it looked pretty cool. Like, you know, Daryl Dixon from Walking Dead, the video game. <laughs> you know, you ride a motorcycle and kill zombies. What's more to love? You know, the last of the sons of anarchy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I, I really hope that we didn't bungle that one for you, Robert. I'm, I'm sorry if we did. Knowing me, I probably did. I don't know how to, I wouldn't know how to read that either. So (laughs) when he says order, it could be three, two, one or one, two, three. You never know. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Cool. 
All right. Well, we've already kind of spoiled my game of the year because it was on Robert's list as well. But my game of 2019, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Man, I expected so little from this game. And holy shit, it delivered so much. Uh, The story was it's a Star Wars story. It was pretty decent, but the story doesn't matter. It's about the exploration, the gameplay and how fantastic the combat feels. It's very much. So many people say Dark Souls this, Dark Souls that. It's it, it's got a little bit of inspiration from it, and the and how when you rest and you heal up, enemies respawn. It's not Dark Souls though. There's no there's no comparison there. It's a faster game. It's an easier game combat wise. It's it's so much fun because it, the customization with the lightsaber, the leveling up process with uh your lightsaber and force abilities, uh. The graphics, it looked so damn good. I'm not big on graphics. I don't need graphics to be able to enjoy a game. Uh, one of my honorable mentions I'm going to talk about later on. There's almost no graphics to be seen in the game at all. So graphics don't matter to me. But it did add a lot of the the feeling and the immersion in this game. You really feel like you're playing as Ian Gallagher from uh, uh, Shameless. Uh, I forget the the guy, the actor's <laughs> name. But you're playing Cal Kestis. Uh, you really feel like you are that character and you're living in his his life post order 66 and hmm. it's it's in the time frame between episodes 3 and 4 uh we don't have a whole lot of stuff in there it's uh, it's just so good it's probably my favorite star wars game outside of star wars galaxies it's definitely that's high praise yeah it's it's up there man like it's seriously up there with Knights of the Old Republic for me. I do need to play it. Um, I think at the time I decided to play Death Stranding, which I'll talk a little bit more about. But, uh, you know, Star Wars Fallen Order does look like a great game. I would say it does resemble the Souls franchise quite a bit. But, of course, I haven't played it. There's an aesthetic resemblance in how it's played. Like, uh, optically, I can see how people make that reference a lot. It doesn't feel like Dark Souls, though. Like, it's so much more forgiving. The bosses, there's a little bit to it where you have to learn. It's okay if you die several times to the boss, just like in a Dark Souls game. That's the only time I'd compare it to Dark Souls because there's not a whole lot of unforgiving qualities to this game like there is in Dark mm-hmm. Souls. It's not meant for the same audience per se. It's meant so people that have played Dark Souls can play this and know what's up. But it's also a game that people that people can play if you don't like Dark Souls and just want a fun combat oriented game set in the Star Wars universe looks great the sounds oh my god the music the sound effects first time you open up the lightsaber oh my god it's just so good it takes me back to playing Star Wars uh, Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast back in the early 2000s Um, just plays a lot differently than that but it's the same sort of like holy shit I'm playing a Jedi for real and it feels so good (laughs) I've wanted a good Jedi simulator third person action game since Jedi Academy. And this is this is the first one that's just hit it out of the park. And I'm really looking forward to seeing if they do anything else with Star Wars Jedi as a series. That's my one. Didn't gr- they announce a sequel? I don't. Yeah, I think they may they have. Teased it they teased this it. year. I think so. Yeah. But I thought I saw a teaser during Microsoft's conference or something. I honestly don't remember if they teased that or if it was something else. Hmm. <clears throat> um, my biggest gripe about the game is where the colon is in the title. 
Visit Star Wars Jedi colon Fallen Order. You think it would be Star Wars colon Jedi Fallen Order or something, but I think they're making Star Wars Jedi as its own series and Fallen Order is just the subtitle for the first game. So Okay, that makes sense. I, yeah. That's my one gripe. It's 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 a grammatical or a punctuational <laughs> <laughs> gripe about the the title of the game. So fantastic fucking game. And I think anybody who likes action games and anybody who likes Star Wars would get a lot out of it. Such a good game. The final boss I, fight is so good. I do need to play it. Like when I saw previews of it, I wasn't really too impressed. Yeah. I think that's why I didn't pick it up at launch. But everyone, word of mouth wise, like said it was a really great game. So I think I will be picking it up soon and trying it out. So where they, I think, tried so hard in marketing was to uh, they tried showing off all the big set pieces. Like I remember seeing the E3 walkthrough and you're like climbing up an ATAT and it, it's falling down. You climb it down. You're talking to uh, uh, Saul Guerrero. He's from the Clone Wars and he was in the 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 the, the Rogue One movie. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Um hmm. they, they try to show off all these big set pieces and all this action going on, but there's so much more to it than just the 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 mindless action. It's a very fun, responsive, fluid game. It's it, it's up there with God of War from 2018 for me. It's like if they came out in the same year, I don't know what game I would pick as my game of the year. Oh, that's a good two. question. We should do that. <laughs> maybe that's another topic for another time because I want to hear well, your game of the year. A topic for just a few minutes. I don't know. We'll see. We got to go through our honorable mentions, too. We do. Yes. Um, all right. So I think that is a great number one, and I think it will complement my number one very well, which no surprise here. It's Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. And this is everything I could ask for as a seasoned, experienced Souls player. Wow, what a game. I think you put it best, like, for unforgiving gameplay. But at the same time, as someone who's a veteran, that's... I, I'm trying not to sound like I am, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, Kevin, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as, you know, a Souls fan, like, this game just... Uh, pushed me to adapt and that's what I love most about it because I was so stuck in my ways I know how to play Souls games and you know with Bloodborne that was a little different which you know wasn't too drastically different gameplay wise but this game however wow this taught you how to play and you had to play it a different way than before in the previous Souls games that's why I enjoyed most about it it taught me how to parry more and using the sword significantly as your main primary weapon it was just such an eye-opener for how comfortable i got with the games which i didn't think would be possible given their difficulty but what makes sekiro so good is that it forces you to adapt to play it differently like before i would constantly hit the roll button to avoid attacks you can't really do that in this game until much later on but you have to rely on your sword to parry and counterattack much more frequently. I think there was a boss fight early on that I had a really difficult time with. Um, Lady Butterfly in that burning shrine. And that fight was just so good at teaching you how to play the game. And, and up to that point, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I didn't really have the gameplay click until that moment. 
And of course, as you get further in the game, things change up even more. And it's just like, wow, this game is the complete package. They didn't leave anything on the chopping floor, basically. When it came to their outlandish boss design, as well as the final boss fight, wow, that's just, I would love to talk about that in depth, but I can't in this episode. Overall, just a great game. A really good Souls game for a follow up to Bloodborne. Like, overall, just amazing. New IP, too, which is really great to see. Nice. It sounds very similar to. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order in a lot of ways because it's uh, it's kind of at first glance a Souls game, but you play it, enti- it like completely differently than yes. a regular Souls game. Uh, the combat very similar as well. Um, a lot of Jedi Fallen Order, you're doing a lot of parries and blocks, but there's also certain bosses you definitely want to roll out of the way. There's a big frog boss on the first planet uh, where you after you get your free roaming and everything, after you start your actual free roaming past the tutorial, there's an optional boss that, man, that thing kicked the shit out of me so many times. And I'm just like, I can't give up. And I finally kicked. Exactly. It. And that that's the feeling. Yeah. That's why I love Souls games. Like it just pushes you to the brink and it makes you overcome and triumph. It's just great feeling in gameplay. Yeah. It, it, you talking about Sekiro is making me kind of want to play it, especially from how much I loved Jedi Fallen Order. And they sound similar enough that I think I would, I'd probably enjoy it. Potentially. I would highly recommend it. But again, it's it's going to teach you how to play. You got to be prepared for that. Right. It's going to take time. But it's so rewarding once you do. Once you get it, it makes sense. Before we try to deliberate between which game is game of the year, um, I kind of figured that some of my honorable mentions were going to be on your top five list, but they weren't. None of them were. Oh, okay. So I'm going to, do you want do you have any honorable mentions yourself? I have several, but you can start. All right, let's, let's do three and I'll do my, okay. my first one was Disco Elysium. I thought that was going to be on your top five list. I haven't played it. Oh, I bought shit. it. I thought you I played bought it. it in 2019, but I never played it. Okay. I, it's on sale right now. I still haven't even I know. bought it. I know it's from what I hear. It's a fantastic game. I've been dying to play it. It definitely would have been on both of our top five lists had we played. I think so. I'm sure. I think so. I'm sure Mm -hmm. of it. Um, There's like no combat in the game. Essentially, it's just a a character driven RPG where everything's about fighting with your psyche, right? Like you loving up different parts of your brain, (laughs) essentially, to try to figure out a murder mystery. It's just such a, a odd and almost inspirational way of designing a what's typically a combat oriented genre in a CRPG. Cause the C is from, like, well, I guess there's a lot of things that the C and CRPG can stand for, but just a lot of deliberation on that, but it's, it's typically a, a turn-based combat style. And in this game, there's it's, it's dialogue and narrative based. It's, Oh man, I, I want to play it now. <laughs> from what I've heard, it's just really open with how you can control what circumstances occur and that's what's most interesting to me as a player like seeing how far that can go right trying to find your limits yes like it feels like it goes way out there which i am really looking forward to enjoying one day i uh what's one of your honorable mentions well if i had number six it'd be this game but i didn't play it until january 2020 it'd be sayonara wild hearts Ooh. yeah it was something i didn't really get a chance to play during 2019, but shortly after. 
and I loved the hell out of it. It was a great game. Uh, really short, like an eight hour overall with, you know, all the collectibles and stuff. But it was such a good ride, like just the visuals with the music. And it was just really, really good vibes from it. And the gameplay, you you know, you're just kind of doing the. Uh, what's that old game from back in the day? I'm trying to remember the name of it now. Was it Res? On PS2, it was like a music based game that had you shooting things as you I went through the so. song. I think you're right. Yeah, it was something like that. Res. And there's a sequel I can't remember the name of now, but I haven't played a game like that since then. And it was such a nice change of pace, like at the time, because this was before COVID and all that. I just felt like I was in a virtual dance club and I was just enjoying the ride. Like it's such great music. And I just love the visuals too. Like they were really unique, like really good art direction in that game. Nice. Very fun. Um, you could probably talk more about my second honorable mention than I could, and that's Slay the Spire. Oh shit! Yeah, that's true. That did come out. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was. I don't. Know, I. It kind of came out before that because it was in early access for a while, but it came out full release in 2019. And man, did this <laughs> thing catch on to an audience! Like when Kyle, was, it was pretty popular on Twitch. Yeah, you were streaming this game, and you had people that were backseating the shit out of you. I remember that <laughs> you yes, were doing that and that's just the community that it built. Like there were so many diehards <laughs> for a deck building roguelike that didn't seem like anything out of the ordinary at first glance, but people latched onto it, man. Like they, they found the best builds, the best way to uh, get through the run. And I th- the cool thing about it is that when you beat the game, there's different ascensions. So you can keep getting harder. It, Maybe you could keep getting harder, too, but the game keeps getting harder and harder. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, very fun spin on the roguelike in it. It spawned the deck builder roguelike game. Like, holy shit, did that genre blow up after that game? Yeah. Funny fact, uh, just this last week, Hearthstone released a new mode called Mercenaries. That's an exact copy. Oh, fuck. Of Slay the Spire. Fuck you, Blizzard. You know, it's successful and they copy one of your games fuck blizzard man <laughs> and it's dog shit like i tried playing it and it's terrible it's just so boring it's like who asked for this i right. didn't uh what's your <laughs> what's another one of your honorable mentions we'll kind of speed it along a little bit too so i didn't finish playing it but i gotta talk about death stranding this was the big game of 2019 aside from uh i don't know what other big releases there were there were quite a few actually in 2019 but uh, wow, what I love most about Death Stranding is the amount of detail it has in the game. So as you're making your way out from the first few areas, you really get a feel for it and it feels great. But for me, I stopped playing it in the third area. It's the first big open area in the game. And the problem with that was it was too big. It was way too big. For me, it felt like I was doing nothing but uh, I guess you could call them errands for people because you would have to constantly do these deliveries for these guys and you had to do it over and over and over to build up their rating of you. Basically, there's like a five-star system and you have to repeat tasks for them until you get to five stars and then you get the new piece of equipment from them that they uniquely offer and you just move on to the next one, do it all over again. I kind of felt like it was repetitive in a way 
It sounds like it. <laughs> and I wanted to love it. I really did. I really gave it a good 40 hours. But I felt like I wasn't really doing anything. I felt like I was just doing busy work, which that's what the game is. That's all you do. You just deliver packages for people. And over time, I just got so uninterested in it. And I really wanted to love it. I did. I don't know if it changes later in different areas, but at that point, I just lost interest and I put it down for good. Yeah, I've, I've and, heard a lot of mixed things about that game. A lot of people love it. A lot of people hate it. There's not very many people in the middle. There's just a lot of things that waste your time in that game. So like it's a all these game unnecessary then, right? cutscenes. It was. Yeah. Like there's just a lot of unnecessary things that would be like filler. Like the story missions that you do, they're the same thing. You're just delivering packages or you're picking up something. You take it back. The BTs, the enemies, like the para paranormal stuff. That was the most annoying thing about the game. Like I was really excited about fighting them and seeing what they're all about. But every time you run into one, it's in the middle of one of these missions and you're like, shit, I don't want to deal with this right now. I'm trying to get back to the base to deliver this thing. And when these things spawn, they knock you off your ass. You drop all your stuff. And then sometimes there's like a giant whale with black goo water and all your items are just drifting away from you. And you have to run away from this thing to make it despawn. And the whole time, it's like, this is so frustrating. It's so annoying to deal with because it's just a time waster. Sounds Man, I fun. Wanted to I, I wanted to like it so much. I really did. I just can't. I may give it another go, but I don't know. Really disappointed. Well, I'm only going to very briefly mention Baba is You as my last honorable mention. Uh, That's also on my list. Yep. Okay. Um, my my uh, most of my memories of that is playing that with you. Anyway. Yes. Like we played yes. it together we on stream. Together. Yeah. That was yeah. that was a blast, and it it's a mind fuck. It's a game that doesn't have doesn't necessarily need graphics because it's a logic puzzle game where you move words and objects around to change the logic of the game. So, as an example. There are three blocks next to each other. One says Baba, which is your the character, the title character of the game. The next word is in another block. And next to that, you. So <laughs> by the logic of that, you're, you are Baba. You're controlling the character Baba. You move one of those, Baba is no longer you. Therefore, you, there's no player character on the screen and you lose because you're not controlling anything anymore. Um, if you push Baba out of the way with another word, such as rock, instead of controlling Baba, you're controlling a rock. There's other operating words like and or or. And it's just a if you're a programmer or you appreciate programming and logic like that, it's it's a very fun mind fuck of a game to see it all <laughs> visually represented on the actual level that you're trying to beat. And sometimes you have to physically use those words to push other objects out of the way or into the way or whatever you're doing it's <laughs> it's it's a i'll say this teaser. that game was difficult yeah. and i beat sekiro like <laughs> it's well, it's harder than sekiro it's a different type of difficulty like it's it's a, a logic know, puzzle rather than a reaction God. thing i know but man that game was freaking tough yeah like i had a hard time you know like 
I mentioned in my guilty pleasure episode of solving puzzles in Professor Layton and then resetting it to get the coins back, <laughs> the hint coins. But there's no hint coins in Baba is You. No. You're, you're on your own. No, you got to go to Game Facts for that one. Yeah. And <laughs> I was like, God, I can't do this. It's too hard. It was a very, very fun game. Uh, any last honorable mentions before we deliberate? You know, I just wanted to go through briefly. Um, Devil May Cry 5. I really wanted to play through that and have it on my list somewhere, but Sekiro came out a month later, so that took up my time. But I want to go back and play that eventually. Uh, Control, that got a lot of Game of the Year awards too. I never got around to it. It's okay. Um, for me, I wanted to play on PC, and I didn't have a good PC at the time, so maybe I'll get around to that one. I love Remedy, so everything they do is great. Uh, Metro Exodus, that also came out, but I heard it wasn't kind of as good as Last Light or the original. So I never got around to that one. Um, Fire Emblem Three Houses. I did buy that and play a lot of it, but I didn't really get a feel like attached to it or anything, so I dropped it. And Code Vein, I wanted to play that too, but never got around to it. Oh, Luigi's Mansion 3. Uh, I bought that. I did like it for what it was for Halloween last year, and or two years ago, I should say. But I never finished it. I dropped it for some reason. But yeah, that's about it. Nice. All right. I think one of the first ways we can deliberate between game of the year is give an honest letter grade to your game of the year. So if you're mm -hmm. going to grade Sekiro, what would you give it on a letter grade scale? And I can go first. A plus? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I would honestly give Jedi Fallen Order an A, not an A plus. Um, it left me... Feel, there was just some of the mechanics that felt a little cheap like the enemies it, some of them felt way too easy and some of them felt unnecessarily too difficult and it the balance from enemy to enemy didn't really feel like it was there all the way that's probably one of the only gripes i have about jedi fallen order mm -hmm. so your honest opinion is an a plus oh absolutely yep all right pushing buttons 2019 <laughs> game of the year sekiro shadows die twice wasn't much of a debate, but no. Yeah, I figured that'd be the best way to, to, to do it is the only other thing that I could think of is that Robert had Jedi Fallen Order on his list as well, but mm -hmm. he wasn't really here to talk about it. So I guess that's his loss and fine now. So now is Sekiro better than God of War? No, I would say no. <laughs> I God would say no because I haven't played it. Is way not way better, but it's it's better. I think God of War is the complete package. All right, that is our Game of the Year 2019 list. Had a great time with Kevin. Heck yeah. And uh, Robert contributing as well. That was fantastic. I didn't expect him to reply so quickly, but it worked out. Thank you, Robert. Sorry if I got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Should be here then, damn it. <laughs> Indeed. Um, that's it for us this week, but uh, be sure to tune in next time for our 2020 Game of the List. Game of the Year list. Game of the I List works say. too. <laughs> yes please come back for our 2020 game of the year list on our next episode thank you very much for joining us and we're out of here love you